Welcome to Do We Know Things, a podcast where we examine things we think we know about sex. Content warning. This podcast will include discussions about sex, doctors, pharmaceuticals, depression, and anxiety. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Lisa Don Hamilton, professor of psychology and sex educator. Today on Do We Know Things, we're talking depression, antidepressants, and sex. Anxiety and depression are part of today's world. Many people have experienced one or the other at some point in their lives, or at least know someone who has. Fortunately, there's help. This can come in the form of therapy and also in taking medication. In fact, roughly 7% of Canadians and 12% of Americans are taking antidepressant medications like Prozac or Zoloft. But while antidepressant medications lift millions out of the gloom, there's also the side effects. There's a range of possible side effects, including dry mouth, intense dreams, and upset stomachs. But today I'm going to be talking about sexual side effects. Most people who work in sex-related fields are aware that the drugs prescribed for depression and anxiety disorders can affect sexual response in a negative way, but they might be fuzzy about the details. The main thing I was taught was that antidepressants delay orgasm, and that's generally what I've told people over the years. I know that that's true because antidepressants are also a treatment for people experiencing premature ejaculation, so the goal there is to delay the orgasm. But in talking with other folks who know things about sex and antidepressants, I found that other people had heard different things. Some said they thought antidepressants just interfered with arousal altogether, and others thought they interfered with sexual desire. Since there seems to be such a variety of information circulating around, I thought this was definitely something I needed to know more about. In this episode, we'll sift through the research to find out what actually happens to our sexual function when we take drugs like Prozac. That's coming up on Do We Know Things. But first, I want to discuss some feedback I got about episode three on herpes. A couple of people contacted me to ask about sex differences in herpes transmission, and I realized I didn't mention anything about that. The stats that are usually reported show a higher rate of herpes for women compared to men, and this is true for most STIs. What these stats are actually referring to are people with vaginas versus people with penises. But it's not just about having a vagina— It's really anyone who's on the receiving end of a penis is at higher risk of contracting STIs. Both the anus and vagina have more surface area and more vulnerable tissue than a penis, so they're at higher risk for contracting STIs. Also on the last episode, I mentioned I was going to do an Instagram poll about whether or not people like uh, pre-show chit-chat. And according to that Instagram poll, 68% of people who voted said they like host chit-chat before the main part of their podcast episodes. So I won and Jeremy lost, and we're going to chit-chat before the episode. Today's pre-episode chit-chat will be about our personal experiences with antidepressants and sexual function. But before that, I want to give you a bit of context about the topic. Although we often refer to them as antidepressants, the drugs I'm talking about today are used to treat both depression and anxiety disorders, so I'm going to talk about both here. I also want to make it very clear that I am not a medical doctor. I'm going to be talking about diagnoses and medical treatments, but this is just based on research that I've done. Please talk to your doctor if you have any concerns about depression or sexual function. Major depressive disorder is the official diagnosis for the phenomenon we call depression. 
There are a range of symptoms that a person can have that lead to a diagnosis of major depressive disorder. The two primary criteria are that the person either has depressed mood most of the day, nearly every day, or they have a loss of interest or pleasure in things they used to enjoy. As you might imagine, based on the second criterion, a side effect of depression is often loss of interest in sex, and sometimes an inability to experience pleasure even when they are having sex. One interesting thing, though, is that some studies have found increased masturbation rates for people who are depressed, and some have suggested that this might be a way for people to help feel better during a depressive episode, almost like their own treatment. Anxiety disorders and other linked disorders can also have a range of symptoms, but one that's particularly related to sexuality is excessive worry. The worry can be about anything, but if you are worrying about non-sex things, then it interferes with focusing on sex. And if you're worrying about sex things, then it can be really hard to actually be present and enjoy the sex. Additionally, the worry about sex can lead you to avoid sex altogether. So both anxiety and depression interfere with sexual function, among other things. And there are a number of behavioral and drug treatments for both depression and anxiety. In terms of drug treatments, the most common is using a class of drugs called SSRIs, which stands for serotonin-specific reuptake inhibitors. So what is an SSRI and how does it work? I'm about to talk about the science of the brain, which is pretty complex, so stay with me. Your brain is made up of billions of cells called neurons. One way that neurons communicate with one another is by releasing tiny molecules called neurotransmitters that then bind to the next neuron, and then that triggers a cascade of events. Serotonin is one of those neurotransmitters. Usually how the brain works is that neurotransmitters are released, and some bind to other neurons and some don't. The leftover neurotransmitters are then quickly destroyed or removed. One of the ways this is done is that the neuron that released the neurotransmitter in the first place sucks it back up to save it for future use. This is called reuptake. The serotonin reuptake inhibitor drugs, as their name indicates, inhibit the reuptake. So instead of those serotonin molecules being immediately sucked back up into the cell where they came from, they hang out a bit longer, so they have more of a chance to bind to other neurons and do their work. Basically, there's just more serotonin available in the brain to have an effect. And that effect is usually to reduce symptoms of depression and anxiety. Of course, drugs usually have multiple effects, some of which we like, such as re reducing depression and anxiety, and some of which we don't like. The ones we don't like, we call side effects. Jeremy, my audio wizard, and I have both had personal experiences with SSRIs. We're also joined today by Lindsay Sherwood, who's a therapist in training and someone who knows things about sex. Hi, how's it going? Good. Thanks for being here, Lindsay. Thank you for inviting me. So I'm going to start here with my personal experience. Um, so I was prescribed SSRIs and specifically sertraline is, I think, how you say it. The trade name is Zoloft. Um, this was back in 2009. And as someone who at the time was in grad school studying sexual function, and I had people in my lab who were specifically studying sexual function and antidepressants, and specifically they were actually studying SSRIs, which is what Zoloft is. And I knew from the research on SSRIs and sexual function that the main effect or one of the main effects that SSRIs can have is that they delay orgasm. 
So as soon as I went on the SSRI, I noticed right away that it seemed to delay orgasm. But I remember specifically like lying on my bed, having my Hitachi magic wand, which usually is like this magic thing that makes orgasms happen in seconds, uh, and being like, this is taking forever. Um, and I was eventually able to have orgasms, but it just, I noticed definitely that they took a long time. What about you, Jeremy? Oh, well, for me, uh, I remember I got prescribed um, SSRI. I can't remember which one. Zoloft, I think that was. Uh, yeah. And anyways, so the doctor, you know, took me through the kind of uh, what's going to happen with this and you need to be on it for a certain amount of time to see effects. And he's like, and there might be uh, sexual side effects. Um, and I'm like, oh, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> uh, and then like uh, I got my prescription and I took like my first dose uh, that evening. And by that night, nothing was working. Like it was like immediate, immediate sexual dysfunction, I would say. So you mean like you just couldn't get it hard at all? Uh, yeah, like I found it very difficult to get hard. Like like instantly <laughs> my member felt like a disconnected piece of rubber. Uh, and eventually like over time I could get more feeling. But uh, I don't think I orgasmed for like literally a month. It took me a month to like <laughs> coax an orgasm out <laughs> of myself. That's really interesting because the effects of these drugs are supposed to take a few weeks to kick in. So I'm wondering how much of that was an actual effect or how much of it was your uh, brain, which is very good at convincing you that things are wrong. Yes, yes. I feel like when the doctor said there may be sexual side effects, I'm like, no, don't tell me that. <laughs> Send me out into the world just assuming everything's going to be okay. But uh, So that's just it. Yeah, was it my anxiety? Did that amplify things? That is extremely likely but I remember next time I saw the doctor I'm just like this is like I'm getting really bad sexual side effects and they're just like and I related my experience and they're just like it's like it can't affect you that quickly <laughs> and I'm like doc watch <laughs> <laughs> and I think Lindsay you've had a bit of a different experience uh, why don't you tell us about that yeah I mean for me it was a matter of how severe my symptoms were with anxiety and depression and and really being at a point where I wasn't able to kind of function in my day-to-day -day life. So this was actually when I was a young teenager when when that started happening. So I had to kind of start experimenting at that point and, and figuring out, you know, something that could give me that extra boost, I guess, if you will. Um, and initially, the, the medication that I was on, I didn't notice any sexual side effects at all. Um, but again, being a teenager, it's hard to say. Like, it's, uh, it's an interesting time in your sexual life anyway with a lot yeah. of hormones. <laughs> so might have just uh, been enough to get rid of the side effects of the SSRI entirely. <laughs> um, but I was switched to one at one point that uh, that was said to kind of make you less tired because I was experiencing a lot of those side effects. And and when I was switched to that one, which was Effexor, I think mm. at that time, um, I definitely noticed the delay in orgasm. Um, and I mean, it's it wasn't a pleasant side effect by any means, especially, you know, when you're kind of trying to manage a lot of other negatives at the same time. Um, so that kind of led me into a bit of a trial and error phase in 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 finding a medication that had the ability to help manage my symptoms, um, but had kind of like the lowest impact on my ability to orgasm or my sex drive, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which I was eventually able to find. Um, and I think that, you know, for me, being able to find a medication that helped to kind of lessen those symptoms increased my enjoyment of sex anyway. 
like feeling less anxious mm. and and having you know a better kind of well-being on a day-to-day basis definitely improved my overall enjoyment of sex and I would say my sexual performance as well. Um, so for me, it was kind of like a balancing act of which one helps me with my day-to-day symptoms um, but has the lowest impact on kind of the biological um, sexual function. Right. And of course, that's a big piece too. So we talk about these sexual side effects But of course, people are taking these drugs because they have other mental health issues that are affecting their daily life, usually anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, when you when you think about someone who, you know, is experiencing a deep depression or really, really struggling with their symptoms of anxiety, you know, um, a lot of people lack confidence. Um, They might feel more introverted. They might, you know, be in a state where even something as simple as taking a shower becomes like a very, very daunting task. And so I can only imagine how, you know, presenting yourself to a partner and and being sexual in that state um, can be really, really difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that sometimes, you know, alleviating some of those symptoms and, and improving your overall um, confidence and self-image will help in the bedroom as well. Definitely. That's interesting what you just said, Lindsay, because, yeah, I, I find I can get into like a mental roadblock. Um, often, like sometimes when initiating sex, like I can start, I'm, I'm worried about, I'm starting to telegraph everything that's going to happen and I'm getting myself worried about like, oh, you know, am I doing this right, doing that right? And I can get into a total mental gridlock. Right. And so if I was on an SSR, SSRI that reduced that, reduced or eliminated that, then I'd be like, okay, well, maybe I can accept things not working as I would expect or not being able to orgasm. Right. Orgasm isn't everything, right? And it, um, I mean, it depends on the, the extent of the delay, too, I feel, because are we talking, you know, 10 minutes? Are we talking you can't get there at all? Or are we talking it takes actually like a minute and a half longer, mm. but the overall experience is improved in so many other ways? Yes. Mm-hmm. I could probably live with that. But that's not what happened. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so for you, Jeremy, the tr- s- symptoms of anxiety did not go down for you. I, I found SSRIs, like the ones that I, I, I tried a couple, uh, and just consistently, I just felt the same. Mm-hmm. It didn't affect me. I didn't sleep better. I didn't sleep worse. I didn't feel better. It was just the same. Right. Maybe a little more dehydrated. <laughs> so the only effects were dehydration, dehydration and, and a erect- broken boner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Not necessarily something that will help with the symptoms no. that you're already experiencing. No. no. <laughs> right. Yeah, I found it like an extremely negative experience. Well, thank you so much, Lindsay and Jeremy, for sharing your personal experiences. And now I'm going to dig in and see what the research actually says about depression, antidepressants, and sexual response. So what are the side effects of SSRIs? This is actually pretty tricky to study for a few reasons. One is that during the clinical trials when these drugs are being developed, the drug companies often rely on participants spontaneously reporting symptoms. So the percentages for people experiencing side effects are likely low. Also, to know how SSRIs affect sexual function, it's helpful to know what the sexual function was before they started, to know if there's been an improvement or if it's been made worse. Most of the research on the topic just asks people about sexual function once they're already on the meds, which gives some info but doesn't tell the whole story. The most thoroughly studied sexual side effect of SSRIs is their effect on delaying orgasm or reducing genital sensitivity. The reason we know more about this is because when people started complaining about SSRIs making them take longer to orgasm, 
researchers started studying them as a way to treat rapid ejaculation in cisgender men. Because of this, we know a lot more about this specific side effect. It's actually interesting to read papers on the topic when it's about how effective the drug is in increasing time to ejaculation in studies where that's the goal and the authors are like, yay, look how effective it is. But in papers talking about side effects such as delayed orgasm when people don't want that to happen, they're definitely not as excited about it. In reviewing the research, the evidence is pretty clear though that all aspects of sexual function can be affected. This includes desire, so the wanting of sex, arousal, and orgasm. In papers that combine results from multiple studies, it seems that the worst offenders are the classic SSRIs. These include fluoxetine, which is known by its brand name of Prozac, sertraline, which is known as Zoloft, and citalopram, which is known as Celexa. Good drug studies either compare the new drug to a placebo or to another drug, or sometimes both. So if you're looking at a placebo study, the best type of study is called a double-blind placebo-controlled study. And what happens here is that half of the people are given an SSRI and half of the people are given a fake pill that doesn't do anything. Neither the researcher or the person participating in the study knows what they are getting. Then the participants answer questions on a weekly or monthly basis about their level of sexual problems. This way you compare sexual problems in people who only think they're getting a drug to those who are actually getting a drug. In these kinds of studies, people on placebos usually do report a low percentage of sexual problems that they think are caused by the pill. So although SSRIs can cause people to have sexual problems, I also want to note that taking an SSRI doesn't guarantee sexual problems. In these studies, there's a range of people reporting sexual problems. Some studies show as low as 10% of people have sexual problems, and some show as high as 75%. So different people are going to have different outcomes from taking these drugs. Of course, I do want to reiterate that for some people, the reduction of anxiety and depression symptoms that were interfering with sexual function in the first place means their sexual function actually gets better when they take SSRIs. As Lindsay mentioned in her experience, feeling less anxious or less depressed can really improve sexual function compared to when you weren't on meds. I've been trying to figure out why SSRIs negatively affect sexual function. Although these drugs are in the same category of medication, they all work in slightly different ways and have slightly different effects. So sometimes it can be hard to narrow down a specific thing that might be causing problems for all drugs. However, there are a few candidates for what could be causing these negative sexual effects. One of which is that it seems SSRIs are likely to reduce the production of dopamine. And dopamine is important for sexual function and attention to all rewarding stimuli in general. So you want that being released. There's also evidence that SSRIs inhibit norepinephrine release. Norepinephrine is involved in all kinds of arousal, whether it's sexual arousal or happiness or fear arousal, uh, and it's also involved in attention. So it makes sense then if either of these important neurotransmitters are being inhibited by taking SSRIs that you might see problems with, the, with desire, arousal, and orgasm. SSRIs are not the only kinds of antidepressant drugs, and not all antidepressant drugs have the same side effects. Bupropion, which is called by its trade name Welbutrin when prescribed for depression and Zyban when prescribed for quitting smoking, is reported to have much lower sexual side effects than the SSRI medications. It's not an SSRI, it's actually a norepinephrine dopamine reuptake inhibitor. So instead of increasing serotonin, it increases the availability of dopamine and norepinephrine, which, as I mentioned before, are both important for sexual arousal, desire, and orgasm. 
Bupropion can be used as a primary antidepressant for people who are worried about sexual side effects, but it doesn't work for everyone. And some people just can't take it, especially if they're prone to seizures, for example. Um, For some people, another option is to take an SSRI and also bupropion. Taking them both together can help mitigate sexual problems caused by the SSRI. Of course, taking double drugs might also cause other side effects. Interestingly, in a review of side effects across different types of antidepressants, a study found that an older form of antidepressants called monoamine oxidase inhibitors showed some of the least sexual side effects. These drugs are basically not used anymore because they have so many other side effects that people just really couldn't tolerate them. Fun fact, the monoamine oxidase inhibitor drugs affect all of those monoamine neurotransmitters, so that includes dopamine, serotonin, and norepinephrine. And the reason why SSRIs were invented was because they were more specifically focused on serotonin, which seems to have the most important effects for alleviating depression and anxiety, theoretically with fewer side effects, but we see that we have increased sexual side effects. Since SSRIs were developed, pharmaceutical researchers have been working to tweak antidepressant drugs to be even more precise. As the name indicates, these drugs increase the availability of both serotonin and norepinephrine by blocking their reuptake. However, SNRIs seem to have a similar sexual side effect profile as SSRIs. More recently, there has been introduction of newer drugs that work on the serotonin system. And in addition to blocking reuptake, they stimulate or block specific types of serotonin receptors as well. We now know that increasing serotonin broadly is not specific enough, and that there are certain types of serotonin receptors that might be worse for side effects. Receptors are what the serotonin binds to after it's released, and there are different categories of serotonin receptors. So these drugs that work on the serotonin system, but don't only use reuptake as their mechanism, uh, include things like vorsioxetine and velazidone. And these have been shown to have lower sexual side effects than other SSRIs in recent clinical trials. As an aside, it's always tricky to say generic names of drugs because drug companies intentionally name their chemical compounds in ways that are hard to pronounce because they want to encourage people to ask for it for the brand name, which is way more catchy. For example, Prozac. Nobody asked for fluoxetine. People want Prozac. So that was a whirlwind tour of antidepressants and the sexual side effects or lack of sexual side effects that can come from them. From the review of the research, it's clear that antidepressant drugs, and particularly SSRIs and SNRIs, do affect sexual function in a decent proportion of people who take them. For some people, that's a good thing. For example, people who want to delay their orgasms. For other people, it's a bad thing as they feel less desire for sex, have reduced genital sensation, or a harder time reaching orgasm. And for some people, it prevents them from having orgasms altogether. Experiencing negative side effects from these meds can be really frustrating. There are pharmacological things that can help, like trying a different medication or adding another medication. For things you can do at home, researchers recommend trying moderate exercise shortly before sexual activity. This can potentially alleviate some issues with sexual function. Exercise increases norepinephrine and sympathetic nervous system activity, so it can be a natural way to overcome that deficit. Also, if you're having trouble with delayed orgasm, you can use more intense stimuli, like a vibrator or a masturbation sleeve. Of course, sexual function is only one part of the depression and anxiety equation. For many people, treating their mental illness is their top priority. And as we have discussed today, alleviation of mental illness symptoms can improve sexual function. What's important is figuring out what's right for you, and your doctor should care about that too. 
Here's Lindsay again with some closing thoughts about figuring out what works. There's really two things that you need to look at. Um, first, just you need to look at how much of an impact is are your symptoms having on your day-to-day functioning? Um, because you know, there's there's so many important things on a day-to-day basis that we have to tend to. So if we're only looking at, you know, improving and making sure that our sex life is is um able to be at its maximum uh, ability, I guess, if you will, if you want to put it that way. Um, but we're not looking at those other areas of functioning, then, you know, that can be problematic for sure. So I asked them essentially to kind of rate how much of an impact it has on mm-hmm. their day-to-day life. Um, and then kind of do some solution-focused thinking where you're looking at um, how much would you be able to tolerate in terms of a little bit of an impact on your sexual functioning. Mm-hmm. And does that to you seem like an okay thing to sacrifice if you were to have an improvement in other areas of life and and to have management of those ongoing symptoms. Um, And then I very much just encourage them to go through the trial and error if they're at that point. So if they're really at a point where they think that a medication is kind of the right step at that point um, in terms of improving their day-to-day functioning, then I I just encourage them not to give up right away Mm -hmm. because, you know, it is common to have a negative experience, um, but that doesn't mean that all of them will be negative for that individual. And based on the fact that I was able to kind of find one that had a balance that worked well for me and that, to be honest, really has no negative sexual impacts, um, I feel that others you know, have the ability to find that too if, if they really need the medication as a part of their regime. Thanks, Lindsay, for those points about focusing on what is right for you as an individual. I think one issue that comes up around sexual side effects with antidepressants is that often the physicians don't feel comfortable talking about sex with their patients and or the patients don't feel comfortable talking about sex with their doctors. Some people find talking about sex just to be not okay for them. I would encourage you to try if you have questions or if you don't feel comfortable with your own doctor, seek out a sexual health clinic like a well woman clinic or Planned Parenthood where the staff are well trained in talking about sex. Also, often doctors don't tell people about the possible sexual side effects because they think it will dissuade people from taking medications that they need to treat anxiety and depression. But not knowing what to expect and not knowing why you're experiencing symptoms can be even more upsetting. If you're taking an antidepressant and experiencing sexual side effects, it's important to talk to your doctor to see what your options are. You have a right to control your own health and to advocate for yourself and your sexual function. That's all for this week's episode. If you have any feedback or peer review of this episode, I'm always excited to hear from you. You can email me at doweknowthings at gmail.com. You can find a script for this episode with references and extra info on our website at doweknowthings.com. I'm also going to post a link there of a freely downloadable article from the Mayo Clinic that discusses a lot of these issues. Thanks so much to Lindsay Sherwood for being a special guest on this episode. All music and sounds are by Jeremy Dahl. You can check him out at paleblue.ca. Script assistance was by Matt Tunnicliffe. I'm Lisa Don Hamilton. As I said, you can contact me at doweknowthings at gmail.com or find me on Twitter and Instagram at doweknowthings. Of course, I would love it if you could subscribe and rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time on Do We Know Things.